0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great...
1: I like that old time rock and roll, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. Spurs march on in the Europa and face Southampton this weekend. It's Friday, 18th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Addie Russell. And I'm Division Underwatcher. Oh, it's getting tighter and tighter. <laughs>
2: Honestly, Donny thought he got a hospital pass yesterday. Uh-huh. What was that?
1: Oh, but he didn't He put it away. He did. That yeah. was
3: Indiana Jones reaching back for his like hat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I trust Vish. I trust him. I knew he could do it. I, I looked in your eyes yeah. and you were so
3: calm about it that I, I sensed your trust. Oh, you didn't have to tell me. I thought, no, like... I can do this.
1: You hear that, Andy? You hear that, you little rascal brassle? Ray Allen, corner three. Yeah, <laughs> take your word for it. I'll take your word for it, big boy. Now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, what an evening of Europa League action we had. Um, if you saw it, not a lot of people didn't, of course, due to technical faults, but before we go on to Spurs, <laughs> Andy, you wanted to bring a result to our attention. Uh, it was a 6-6 six, six draw.
2: Bachelor Topola 6. Yeah. Um, FCSB, the mm-hmm. artist formerly known of, uh, as Staur Bucharest, oh, 6. Yeah. Um, Staur were... Well, I can't call him Stau, can I? Because there's actually a Stael there. Yeah. In 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 the lower divisions because the the um, authorities have taken the name back now.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Bacali's team. Can we call them Bacali's
1: team? I think we need to. We need to call them If you them don't know Gigi Bacali, uh, you're fairly new to this. You're sport, lucky. Then uh, <laughs> I suggest you don't google him. He loves all the obiasanists. Uh, he's a shocking piece of work. He's a very rich man in Romania And, and he uh, lives in
2: a sort of Hansel and Gretel mansion. When you're on the way from Bucharest Airport into the centre of town, mm-hmm.
1: you, you, you you always see it. It's yes. so weird. Dragons guarding the place, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. that, that, mm-hmm. that, that that's Skeletor
1: all. lives next door. You yeah. know. <laughs> that's
2: right. <laughs> but anyway, they were um, affected by an outbreak of, of COVID, uh-huh. which took out um, nine players, all of the backroom staff apart from one. So, the assistant manager ended up running the show and mm-hmm. had no Phil Neal to hand. Right.
3: And um, so, did, yeah. he ha- did he have to act as a physio as well? <laughs> that's, that's a good
2: question,
1: actually. Is that
3: what Phil Neal does now?
1: He just goes around a bit like a kid going down the park looking at, for a game. Do you need yeah. an assistant manager? Do <laughs> you need someone in the backroom staff?
2: I would imagine he doesn't ask. No. He's, he simply joins in. He's such a natural. That's very true. You know. And anyway, they had the fourth choice goalkeeper uh-huh. in. He didn't have a particularly good game. No, you um, could see the six. And anyway, it went. Um, yeah, and at least four of them were his fault. Mm-hmm. They get all the way to the end. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. and um, he saves two penalties in the shootout, and FCSB go through.
1: Well, how about that, ladies and gentlemen? Amazing. It was the big story of the night, of course, wasn't it, Andy?
2: Well, it was because we can see the Spurs game. I mean, I watched, I watched a very interesting yeah. documentary on Serie A in the fifties, <laughs> which which they put on uh-huh. when when they realised the picture wasn't happening anymore. It's
1: a good substitute, isn't it? Yeah, why not, eh? My goodness, yeah, there was a technical fault when viewers of Premier Sports m- meaning that all three goals and both red cards were missed. <laughs> <laughs> of all the moments in the game, fish. I feel
3: like I'm, uh, I'm. this is part of Andy's free sport propaganda.
1: <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> so,
3: oh, yeah, I had to put a documentary instead. Yeah. This, this,
2: will, this will happen to you when you pay for television. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: You're going to be let down. Yeah. Nationalise it all, that's what I say. Mind
1: you that they did an ITV 2010 World Cup in England-USA, uh, didn't... Uh... I mean didn't we miss something there? I feel Although like, that was although probably looking back they did us a favour I think. Yeah maybe
3: maybe uh-huh. ITV um, they've had a habit of doing this. I suppose any any um, any TV broadcaster that go that has to go to an ad break. Oh, you wouldn't get that at the BBC. Do cock up a bit you don't you? You wouldn't they? get
1: out the BBC would you Andy? <laughs> 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 Certainly not. I don't think you do. Doesn't have ads for a start.
3: I tried to watch the highlights of this game, and because mm, obviously difficult. they were going from the feed, yeah, it just kept cutting out, <laughs> and it was you, you couldn't find it from. It. I was going to, you know, quote unquote, a reputable source. Yeah, but um, I've seen Tangi and Dombalay's winner, which obviously could be oh, what a, a,
2: a, a pivotal moment. Well, that's the thing; he probably is telling people. I smashed it in the top corner it's, from twenty-five it reminds yards. Reminds
1: me, right? We all enjoyed the career of uh, Chick Charnley, of of course. We did, old Chico, uh, former Hibs man. He scored. A sort of like a 40-yard or something like that for Hibs one season. It was absolute peach. And then apparently, in a Scottish Cup game... Bear in mind, Hibs were, they, they were a top-flight side, and they were at the time as well. He scored reportedly a goal from about the halfway line, but there was no cameras there to pick it up. Why is there no camera at a top-flight side playing in a Scottish Cup game? Yeah, that that's happened quite a few times, has Oh, hasn't Chico's it? Finest, finest moment of his career wasn't captured on camera. It's a bit like apparently that... Um, What's his name? Play for Reading, Robin Friday. Yes, Robin Friday. Yes, Robin Friday. Apparently, he scored like one of the greatest goals of all time, as Reading fans will tell you, where he sort of flicked it over the defender's head, volleyed it in the top corner from you know the from his own box or something like that. It was absolutely outrageous, but but nobody saw it.
3: There's quite um, the, I think quite a few teams have that mm-hmm. have, have had that situation where they've been at a game where there hasn't been any TV coverage and they've seen. Yeah. Incredible goal. Obviously, it happens quite a lot in pre-season friendlies and mm. whatnot. But
1: Do you think Tan Can Domblo, he was annoyed that footage of his goal was leaked?
3: I think he's been annoyed that there's been footage of him playing for the last 18 months.
1: <laughs> 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 Probably thinks it's some kind of conspiracy. Yeah. Well, he was in the process of evolution according to uh, yeah. Jose Mourinho. Um, last season, he wasn't. I believe in Tanguy. I never doubted his ability, but I doubted his effort and motivation. Now I think he can do well for us.
3: It's funny how um, your belief in someone can gonna skyrocket when you can't get rid of them. <laughs>
1: actually, <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy in this relationship, uh-huh. actually. Well, so. Kuman was talking up Messi the other day as well. <laughs> <you know>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and when they shin one in from eight yards yeah. to, to, to when you were well, going from quite an upholstery situation. they failed out there.
1: Yes, yeah. Tanguy and dominate and he could be called in, in in games to come what do you think i mean you've always rated the player you were very uh you you were purring one might say when yeah. spurs got him and funnily enough i think kate mason will be
2: super happy with this because oh, yeah. she has been anguished mm-hmm. with the idea that tongi would would get dumped after a year of it not really going great for him and you know what think of the players really great players who've had not great first six months or twelve months in in, in the Premier League.
1: Did he hit Drogba,
3: Robert Perez, Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah well, all from France.
2: Drogba didn't hit proper Drogba until what the third year at Chelsea.
1: You could argue that, Andy. Yeah, so mm-hmm.
2: you know, and Dembele has got something that Tottenham don't really have—that change of pace in midfield, that ability to find the last pass that they don't really have elsewhere. Mm-hmm. If they can get them working for him, and especially you think in the context of the last league game against Everton, well, they just didn't really create anything I mean it was it was dull wasn't it yeah, from, from a Spurs perspective it was, yeah. it was but, properly but dull but this
1: was much more like it against Plovdiv wasn't it Andy It was I high octane. Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they squeezed through against the nine men of, uh, of, of Locomotive Plovdiv what was good though is to see Harry Kane among the goals which stuffed that penalty in the top corner despite one of the opposition players kicking a hole in the penalty spot and app- that was apparently the second yellow card he got sent off for <laughs> <laughs> where, I, like, where, I know that's
3: been a thing for a while now but when you know are, are they starting to tell pe- more and more people to do this because James Wallace perhaps did it the other week yeah, didn't he, did. he he did mm. yeah and it, I mean it's really smart in a really, in, in terms of shit housery, yes. you know it, it's quite inventive. It mm-hmm. goes beyond you know kicking lumps out of someone else and you know shit talking. It's it, mm-hmm. actually messing with the arena. It's like <laughs> like, like Wily e. Coyote would do that, <laughs> like set up like a you know a fake tunnel on one side and watch people run into it. But I, I guess if well, like
1: build build, build a, a, like paint a goal on a wall in front of the actual goal, and so he hits it and just bounces away. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there?
2: If, <laughs> if, if, if if you're gonna do it, I think it's more feasible to get away with it in February or March when the quality of the pitches is a little bit worse Mm -hmm. because any referee worth his salt obviously the referee's got everything to check now like keeping everyone out the box giving the goalkeeper the talk about not coming off the line Mm -hmm. all all that sort of stuff so maybe this is the moment to do it but generally you think well pitches are kind of like bowling greens in Mm. August, September so the ref or his assistants should notice it
1: yeah Well, well fans will notice it more now you can imagine yes, it, if, 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 if it's the home team and an away player starts and everyone, ah, hang on, he's kicking the spot up. And VAR could be used for that kind of thing.
3: Oh, imagine that. Imagine if that's what it comes down to. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. it, but he should do that to part. That's what yeah, it's there for, absolutely. is it not? Yeah,
3: I'm, absolutely. I'm kind of thinking, actually, to um, if we were playing on artificial pitches, how mm-hmm. you would go about that. just get out a spade and just kind of, kind <laughs> yeah. of dig it up. Yeah, My goodness. I was wondering about um, Indomely Andy, just uh, because we've spoken about him before on the pod, and you mentioned there about people who or, you know, better players or established players who... Struggled in the first six, six months in the Premier League, and I remember you saying about Ndombélé that it was only really one full year, at Le, a full season at Lyon, where he is, you know, I suppose essentially he got the move, he became this, you know, fantastic midfielder. So, do you think he's still getting used to being that player? If that makes sense? Yeah, I
2: think I think there's an argument for that. I mean, <clears throat> he was someone who had. Um, two good top flight seasons with with Leon but that's not a lot before that um the talent was always there but he struggled to settle and he looked as if he was going to drift away from the game for a bit and I think from a Spurs perspective and maybe from a Mourinho perspective there needs to be a bit of acknowledgement of that I mean he's someone Mourinho who whatever you think of the sort of football he plays and he prides himself on getting in his players heads And he prides prides himself on knowing everything about him. Mm. Why doesn't he understand a little bit more about Ndombele and and where
1: he's come from? Do you think, I get the impression with him, because you're right, that's exactly his management style. And and was very effective when he was younger. But do you just think, as he's got older, as people tend to do, he's less patient. And so he's maybe more snappy. And in trying to get into someone's head, that's perhaps not the way to go about it.
2: Maybe. And of course, players have changed. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's one of the most jarring things, isn't it, in the... Gonna to have to mention it, the Spurs documentary. Yep. When he confronts Delhi for being a, a poor trainer, Yeah. you think, well, couldn't he have done that sort of behind closed doors? Mm-hmm. You know,
1: well, it was behind closed doors, essentially.
2: What Was it? Was it not in the dressing room? Am I misremembering that?
1: Oh, sorry, no, I think I'm different. I'm thinking of a different scene. Uh Sorry,
2: because he he says he says in a room full of Spurs
1: players. That's right. I,
2: I've I've heard you're a lazy guy.
1: That's right. He did. Sorry. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You're absolutely right, and
2: I, I, I now
1: know you're a lazy guy. Yeah, but but that's it though. I think he probably had a sense.
2: Before. I mean, obviously, that's going to work differently with different players. Mm-hmm. Some players will maybe benefit from being called out. E-
1: e- exactly. So, that, but I think he probably can't read that as well as maybe he used to. Mm. Because that would be an effective thing for some players. So, for example, when I uh, was chatting once to Dennis Irwin in the Manchester United uh, home dressing room, we were both naked at the time. Um, two
2: Manchester United drops in two days. I know,
1: yeah. Yeah. Sh- show us the photo. Um, on, well, as I said, we were nude and they were Manchester United drops, you could call them. But uh, Dennis Irwin said that uh, he was, he, We were, you know, asking a number of questions and he said that um, one thing that. Ferguson would would do to say Wayne Rooney was he would dig Rooney out in front of everybody um, because Rooney would be like right well I'll bloody show you then Mm. and that's how he would respond whereas somebody like Nani would absolutely fold if you did something like that and he sometimes would have a go at Nani through Rain Rooney, or with other players as well. It wasn't just, he was using that as an example. So if nani had given the ball away a couple of times, or his end product wasn't doing very well, blah, 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 blah it didn't matter if Rooney'd scored two goals and was mad of the match so far in the first half. He'd be like, Rain, if you give the ball away again and you Fanning around on the wing and blah, 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 blah. And Rooney's sitting there going, Why are you having a And he's ready to go. And now he's thinking, Oh, I hope he doesn't have a go at me because I've done that as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of man management,
0: isn't exactly, it? Knowing, knowing exactly. who to push.
3: There's a great story with um, with Shane Warne, um, the Australian, legendary Australian spinner. And Warner. The, yeah yeah the very very same um, <laughs> and when he goes back when he went back to his state um victoria he um he didn't want to do any real fitness, and mm-hmm. his um his coach was like trying to get him to you know go for a run and he was and Warren would come up back to him and say, you know I've taken four hundred whatever test wickets. I know that to get fit, I just need to bowl and I'll bowl mm. for as long as possible and he's like, you know what I'll bowl for as long as the lads go for a run, you know for that for that time you know? Yeah, and so coach was like, right, fine. So he sent the players on a 10k run, and he and he told them walk back the last five k. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lovely old job. You know, job. people work like that. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I wondered with the Delielli thing actually if that was tongue in cheek. Mm, uh, maybe, but it's never tongue in cheek with Marina. There's always there's always no. a point to it. True. What's he going to say to Gareth Bale when he turns up? Andy, you can you can play golf. You know. As as long as you know, if for the same duration as and can run the hundred meters, something like that. Yeah,
3: yeah <laughs> you, can't, after, you can't get you can't get a golf cart. You've got to run it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> after after that performance uh-huh. last weekend, oh, when yeah. the minute he sees Bale, he should be offering to caddy for him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that,
1: that that would be a very change of heart and character. Open arms. Um, it, 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 we're enjoying that picture that's doing the rounds on on Soch, uh, with uh, Gareth Bale. Apparently. Uh, I've nearly said teaming up for Daniel Levy and uh, Chief Scout Steve Hitchin to play golf. They're going to play golf. Uh, how does golf work? Do you go in teams, Andy? <laughs> it, it is
2: extraordinary, isn't
1: it? could be in that f- European footballer, team.
2: Footballer goes to play golf is a story. Yeah. That's what the Madrid press has not just done to him, has done to
1: us. Do you yeah. think this is Madrid proper propaganda, Andy? Do you think that's what it is? Because people well, are saying, is this true? Is it?" Real? And I think, but it's enjoyable.
2: Well, a uh, footballer doesn't go out on the piss and plays golf. Hmm. I mean, when they've wanted to previously dismantle, I think this might be a point that um, uh, Sid Lowe's made in The, the Guardian this mm-hmm. week, actually. When Madrid have previously been trying to get rid of a player, mm-hmm. they're like, well, you know, he's, he's not got the most hygienic life, as they say in France. You know, he's, he's, oh, he's I mean, maybe he's maybe maybe out in the town a, a, a little bit. Did Steve Claridge ever for you Real Madrid? <laughs> but you, you can't say any of this stuff for Bale. So he's like, mm-hmm. oh, he's, he's always playing golf. I mean, what other footballer would, that even be a story about
3: i love
1: that that's, that's a really good point actually yeah. imagine john hartson playing for real madrid you know sitting there with his pints and his toby Carverings and so on always <laughs> <laughs> that kind of dirty lifestyle is not what we have in real madrid um as long as you're getting your five a day within it's fine absolutely right well I, yeah it's I I, I I am very much looking forward to seeing gareth bale in a Spurs show i, th- I think we all are There was talk about deli ali being involved in in that deal well, this is reported. I mean, how flimsy this is, I'm not sure. But but Zidane said he d- apparently didn't like Dele Alli's attitude when Dele Alli said he should have scored a hat-trick when they beat Real Madrid 3-1 in the Champions League in 2017. Dele Alli scored two, and he came off and he was "Ah, like, oh, I'm a bit annoyed, and apparently Zidane was like, oh, was...
3: surely that's exactly the kind of attitude that Real Madrid would want. Well,
1: exactly, yeah. you, you would think so. Um, but yeah, Dele Alli's not going anywhere, uh, apparently. Um, Harry Redknapp believes that they should get Luka Modric back as well. Get the band back together. Yeah, you probably want moderates in there and then you probably want a manager who knows how to manage both of them together, actually. Is that what you want? (laughs) Come on, Harry. I love that. Rafa van der Vaart, bring him back. Yeah, indeed. Do you see that um, Southampton, they're playing... uh, It's the Gareth Bale derby this weekend, Spurs versus Southampton. (laughs) Bloody Spurs making a little inquiry about Danny Ings. You see this and they were promptly told to sod off. I think that's a smart thing to do. Yeah. I, I do think it's a smart thing to do, but uh, on, on both,
3: you know, on both sides, yeah, uh, inquire about Danny Ings and then tell them to do one.
1: Yeah, but they're, they're playing Southampton, of course, uh, midday Sunday, and then I think they've what have they got? Sort of late in the cup, and then they've got to go to Macedonia. And, and anyone who's playing football, Spurs seem to be playing them at, the, at this point. Yeah,
2: every, every three days from now until ridiculous eternity. But
1: with I understand, you know, you need to have a good backup striker for Kane. Ings will be wanting to start, surely. He... Have the, had the goal tally last season, he's now in the England squad and he could be for a couple of years to come. He doesn't want to play second fiddle, and it will be second fiddle. Yes, you can say Kane will probably get an injury and they've got an awful lot of football to play, but Ings wants to be starting striker for a decent Premier League side like Southampton, rather than sitting on the bench.
3: I think against certain teams, it, you know, we're talking about him like he's a Spurs player, mm. but I suppose just for the benefit of this, if he was in that Spurs squad, I reckon there'd be certain games where you'd be able to play them both, especially mm-hmm. considering that you know, obviously it's just one one game mm-hmm. uh, against Palace last week, but in that game, Che Adams was the yeah. furthest forward and Ings was doing a lot of the work that Harry Kane usually does, okay. that Harry Kane sometimes gets pelters for because he mm. should be mm-hmm. in the box on certain occasions. And so I, I could definitely see them, maybe not for a whole game, maybe, you know, for a, for 40 minutes or whatever you'd, you'd need them for but I can definitely see them doing a job together mm. um, what but- you really need is Baz Dost <laughs> that's, that's what you really need
1: <laughs> oh Andy like we're moving on I'm not going to let you talk about him Okay, do it push through Andy
2: fight well, I guess I guess if you big bad Baz you're basically saying I never leave the penalty box mm. I don't do any running you do your flash
1: passes from yeah. deep great that's what Bastos does. I'll
2: score the goals <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> well, one game I think that I'm looking forward to uh, is is Leeds versus Fulham uh, this weekend, Saturday at three pm. Uh, of course, differing starts to the season. Vish, do you worry for Fulham in this game? I do.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I've, I also feel like I've got a. You know, now that I'm back on the record and, mm-hmm. and after it's a Pete double down, I noticed uh-huh. earlier in the week after we <laughs> yeah. jovially discussed Leeds, <laughs> Liverpool and said, you know, Pete made a point that I was going to be, they were going to be relegated. Mm-hmm. I likened them to your mate who's always on the piss and, you know, mm-hmm. can be quite self-destructive. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Donaldson. Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete doubled down but I, I mean I, I don't have it in me to double down no. you know Pete is an agent of chaos and I'm merely a freelancer <laughs> but I think we saw a lot in that from both those first games that Leeds are going to put people on notice with the way they scored those three goals mm-hmm. and Fulham looked so static mm-hmm. as you would have seen a few times last year the, mm-hmm. oh, sorry last season uh, that it, I don't really see this going any other way than mm-hmm. down for Fulham, which is a shame. Don't, don't you but think that is Fulham,
1: Fulham beats Leeds at home last season. I witnessed it. It seems a while ago now. And we're in yes. a different league and a few different faces obviously yes. playing. But
2: do, do you have any hope for Fulham? A little bit. There you go. Because I think... There you go.
1: I think, <laughs> there <you> go.
2: <laughs> I think there's, there's a lot riding on Leeds here. Mm. To go from having your free hit at Anfield yep. to a game where, well, they're a promoted side mm-hmm. and they were rubbish on the first day. Mm-hmm you've got to start getting the points and you've got to beat them. Yeah. I I, I think there's, there's quite a lot in that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's interesting because I think you look at them. Well, it was obviously mentioned yesterday, them going out of the, the, the the cup to, to Hull, which I mean, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of jip there between those two teams. So mm-hmm. Leeds won't be particularly happy with that by any stretch of the imagination. It's interesting to see Rodrigo start that game mm-hmm. and, and get a bit of a run out. Obviously they need a tune out of him sooner rather than later. Um it would have been nice for them to get a big win mm-hmm. and, and go into this full of confidence. I think the other thing, with this huge Bielsa loving, which, you know, I'm not saying that the boys were having a bit of a reaction mm-hmm. against that on Monday, but you know, if they were fine. It's it's up to us to like sort of find an alternative viewpoint and discuss the whole thing all the way around. What do you guys make of this? Kiko Kasia thing him getting the captaincy Mm. Uh, and Bielsa trying to say well you know we've got a different view of it here the public don't know the whole thing well what the public does know Mm -hmm. is this guy was banned for eight matches for racist abuse of Jonathan Mm Lecco, to whom he's not Mm apologised and not only is he still at the club when they could have sacked him Mm -hmm. He's the captain.
1: I mean, it, it,
2: even if it's only
1: for one game, it's a poor word choice that that Beals has used uh, there. Because even if look, th- that they are the facts of the matter. Yeah. And if Beals claims that there's some information that we don't have, then do you want to reopen the case? Do you, do you want to go down that that road? There, no one's going. to... That's not going to happen. So, if the, he,
2: the thing th- is, even but, if it was, even if it was a dreadful misunderstanding, yeah. which Casilla has been mm-hmm. sort of implying. Mm-hmm just apologise?
1: Well, yeah, I think, but but Bilzer, if he turns around and says, look, you know, he served his time for that, he's shown leadership qualities in the, you know, but basically keep it sort of in-house if you see what I mean.
2: But the thing is, Captain C is not in football like it is in cricket, for example, where there's actually some tactical function to it. It's, it's basically an ambassadorial role. Yeah. So he is the last person in that squad who should mm. be the captain, and people should call Bielsa out for this. Yeah. And in fairness, I've seen a lot of Leeds fans in social media saying, "Yeah, Kasia shouldn't be at our club."
3: Wow. Yeah. The um, the other thing about that is, if if he's saying that there's information that hasn't, hasn't come to light, then you don't know, bring it to light because yeah. if mm. it, if it's gonna not necessarily exonerate Kasia, but if it's gonna Provide a bit more context if it is a misunderstanding. It's his
2: reputation. If you're a yeah. you should care about that. You should really care about mm. that.
3: But yeah. the, the, I think this is um, this is, I suppose, part of the problematic side to football in mm. that because you know supporters might be very tribal, but but clubs are very tribal as well, mm. and so they're going to just rally around their yeah. you know their people when they're under the pump and when they're in situations like this, mm. and they can't tell the difference between. You know, say a slanging match between a pundit and a player, and something like this, which is very serious, that needs to be addressed. Yeah. That out on the street can
1: get you in a lot of trouble with yeah, the police. Yeah, indeed. All right, gentlemen, let's have a quick break, and after which we will talk about Manchester United. See you in a brief moment.
0: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend.
1: Welcome back to the Football Ramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Before oh, we've got some emails, Andy. Before we get to that, uh, uh, Andy, a little nod to uh, yesterday's On the Continent, uh, where you and Dotton and, and Nicky were talking about uh, the return of Serie A. Come on. Uh, and the Bundesliga. How did you get on, big boy?
2: Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And if you want to hear all about that before it restarts this mm-hmm. weekend, and of course, which free football to watch this weekend, because we brought mm-hmm. Games of the Week back. Uh, you, Good!
1: You'll need you'll need to listen on Football Ramble Presents. Indeed. Football Ramble Presents is where you can get on the continent. You'd be an absolute mug to miss it. Uh, right, let's have some uh, emails, everybody. We've got one here from Paul Olsen, who says, Hi, Ramblers. Love the Clive Tilsey story from my fellow American, and it made me think of my best friend's wedding a couple of years ago. As we are avid Tottenham fans, I thought it was only appropriate to end my best man speech with a quote from the great Bill Nicholson. I'll always cherish the horror on his conservative family members' faces, as I gave him my advice for his wedding night, which was, <laughs> if you don't have to drag yourself off, exhausted after 90 minutes, you can't claim to have done your best. <laughs> <laughs> At least he didn't say pull yourself off, is all I can say there. Uh, Very enjoyable there, Paul. Appreciate that. Um, an email here from uh, Evan Tangvik, ask, who said, uh, the subject line of this just says, where the Dutch fall short... The Norwegians rise up. <laughs> Enjoyable. Open. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's something to download yeah. oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> On today's show. Um, or the other day of course uh, you spoke about Dutch side Emmen and their rejected sponsor deal with Easy Toys there's Easy Toys they do Sexy Toys and the Dutch League said no you can't have them sponsoring you
2: did we get to the bottom of whether that was a Stelios doing or not
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh Andy let the conspiracy theory people get on board with that one uh, anyway back to the email in Norway however Third division side Follow FK, forgive pronunciation, have just agreed a deal with Norwegian toy store Condo Mariette. Again, forgive pronunciation. Uh, That is to be their main sponsor and to showcase proudly on their pink away shirts this season. In addition to the money, they will also supply the players with goodie bags and other equipment from the shop. And if you are wondering, yes, it is one of those shops, I'm guessing. Uh, They expect a hard season. Very good. Uh, But hope they can rise up to reach the heights of 2010 when follow reached the Norwegian Cup final. Well, what a a climax to the season that was, uh, uh, Evan. Well, there, there we are. Um, so all eyes on uh, all eyes on them. Um, so excellent. Thanks for your emails, uh, everybody. Remember, you can email us on the new address, which is show at footballramble.com. Get involved. Right, gentlemen, on Saturday at 5.30pm, uh, shouldn't have to specify, Manchester United face Crystal Palace. Vish, it's been fairly quiet for both sides in, in the transfer window. Rio Ferdinand is frustrated with Manchester United's lack of transfer activity. He said Frank Lampard Lampard's main signing players like it's the norm, like it's easy, water off a duck's back. Slight mixed metaphor, I feel there, but fair enough. He said at Chelsea, all you're seeing is bang deal, little bit of talk, bang deal. <laughs> what do you what do you uh, what do you think of
3: that? Um, well, given that Rio Ferdinand is the reason that Ole Solskjaer, or rather that after the PSG game, was like, you know don't worry about money, just put the thing on the table, let Ollie sign the deal. Yeah. You know, I, I think he should understand that, you know, being so quick to hand out these contracts <laughs> is
1: not necessarily a good thing. Donnie van der a big <laughs> signing, you know, and also... He, he, you know what, Donnie van der Beek is a
3: great example of of a manager who had the chance to sign a very good player and has done so mm-hmm. and is now thinking, shit, how the hell do I fit him in that field? <laughs> Because, you know, um, Mark Richley has written about this uh, for The Independent and he... Um, he talks about how United squad or sorry, not uh, Miguel Delaney even of the, Mm -hmm. of OTC fame. He wrote about how actually, if you look at the United squad, you've got a lot of really talented players in there, but you're not entirely sure who those first 11 players are. Whereas you look at someone like Chelsea and you'd be able to Mm -hmm. run through and, and pick their lineup and, you know, basically pick the subs as well, who are going to come on and, and maintain that high level. And Donny van der Beek, who, it's in quite an interesting position because I think it's likely that he's going to start this game mm-hmm. because I'm not entirely sure what Pogba's fitness situation is like because mm-hmm. he tested positive for COVID-19 mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, therefore couldn't train all through um, pre-season. And we're going to be in a situation soon enough where, you know, are we going to play all three of them? Uh, Pogba, Fernandes and um, mm-hmm. Donny van der
1: Beek? Right, what about Scott McTominay?
3: What about Scott McTominay? Hey, yeah. Previous
1: winner of Manchester United Player of the Season, if you remember.
3: Well, you know when um, when Jose gets rid of Dele Alley <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's it? happening. That is happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, so like um, in in terms of like deals that United haven't done, um, you know, even the Jadon Sancho thing to a point. You know, how much is he going to actually benefit United long term? He's mm. obviously an ex- exceptional player, but. United need someone in the middle who's going to sit and, and hold, and they don't really have that.
2: Going a little bit further back, I wonder how things turn out with Chris Smalling, because obviously he's really wanted to go back to Roma. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look like that's going to happen now. Because it's a shame for him. Roma have just signed Manash Kumbula from Verona mm. um, on a two-year loan with, with an obligation to buy at the end of it. Smalling back to Fulham, come on. Yeah, it's a no-brainer really, isn't yep. it? But... It's, it's such a shame because they click together so wonderfully well. Mm. But there's definitely an argument that Smalling should be jockeying for a place in that first eleven. Yeah, yeah. you t- on, I mean, on, on one the, the basis. best defenders in
3: Italy last season. I was going to say
1: on the basis of his of his performances from Roma. I mean, it's not as ridiculous shame, is it, Fish?
3: No, 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 not, not at all. Not at all. I I wondered actually if that was a sign of. United's bad business sense that they didn't put in an obligation to sign Chris Smalling, and mm. are now had kind of had to chase their tail a bit with the deal, or maybe that they thought, you know what, he's just festering at the moment. Maybe we'll get him back, and you know, maybe let's see what he does mm-hmm. in Italy. Well, but part, I mean, evidently, of, it hasn't been that. Part
2: part of the reason that you loan a player is not just to get him out of your hair. You're you're hoping to reinflate mm-hmm. his market yeah. value. You remember when they loaned Nani to to, to Sporting? Because they couldn't sell him, basically, so they said we'll pay his wages. You can have him for free for a year, which was, from the sense of the signing club, the the best loan deal yeah. you could possibly ask for. Mm-hmm. But he actually had a pretty good season there, yeah. and it, it helped them to to get rid of him for at least something later down the line.
1: What about their opponents, Crystal Palace? Vish, they've struggled with goals in sort of previous seasons. Batch-wise, it involved new signing. Uh, as a, do you see much uh, a different approach from Hodgson? It's probably unlikely in his seventies that uh, he's going to be learning new tricks.
3: Well, I mean, I, I think so actually, because okay. a lot of the issue with uh, with Palace over the last couple of seasons has been that Hodgson has only trusted a certain, mm-hmm. you know, a certain group of players, and if I, I think pretty they, good
1: defensively though, yeah, but but they speaking.
3: have. I think they've got one of the oldest squads in the Premier League, uh-huh. and I thought it was really interesting that they were going for that they picked up Nathan Ferguson from mm-hmm. West Brom as well, and that they were very close to getting Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea and now mm. he's joined West Brom. Because they they clearly were making an attempt to bring their average age down.
5: Mm. Mm.
3: And, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to do anything different tactically, but it does seem that he's aware, aware that the squad need a bit of a freshen up as well. Yeah. So, you know, Eze, I mean, I, I love the bloke. He, he plays top five football like he's in the playground. He walks past <laughs> yeah. players for fun. Uh-huh. Even that guy, you know, when he came on against uh-huh. Southampton, I thought it was really interesting that he lost, his first act was to lose the ball. Mm-hmm. And rather than do what other young players would do, mm-hmm. or maybe even one of us would do at five a side, mm-hmm. it's to suddenly think, well, I need to make a men set. So I need to do like two good things in one move now. Yeah. He was just calm yeah, and yeah, yeah. just did a bit better and then he sat down um Carl Walker Peters later on uh, I think he's a really exciting talent uh-huh. and he- I The other thing about Palace is it's almost like, you know, they're linked with Benarama as well. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're spending the Wilf Zahar money before they've got the Wilf Zaha money. <laughs> yeah. yes. So they're not, they're not beholden to, you know, dancing to anyone else's yes. tune. They're like, we'll just do our business now uh-huh. and see what Zahar wants to do. I yeah. did that at
1: temping agencies a few, times, yeah. <laughs> a few times. It never works out. Can I make a little prediction? I think Palace will win this game. I think I think one nil or two one. They won it last year. Yeah, so. I, I, I fancy them to to just nick it by the goal, and uh, Manchester United fans to be booing and all that kind of stuff. Oh, it's going to be great.
3: You mean you mean the computer eyes, Manchester United fans from the soundboard will be booing.
1: Yes, indeed. Yes, yeah, sorry. Well, if, I'd imagine at home the boo. You know, that's what they'll be. That's what they'll be up to. Uh, uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool, the glamour tie of of the weekend, of course. Uh, and the, uh, Liverpool finally agreed a fee for Tiago Alcantara. Uh, we've talked about uh, about that a bit, but um, you know, Bayern. It was an emotional farewell. Uh, Bayern, as as you'd expect, and the thing that I find interesting is is, is Thiago's going in there. People say, "Oh, that now leaves uh, room for Wijnaldum to to go and and be with Ronald at uh, Barcelona." They're as
2: far from like for like midfield players as you can possibly absolutely. imagine.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I should I, of I think to myself, okay, I mean, in, in terms of money, or in terms, I, d- I don't know, there, there may be something there, but as you say, in terms of style... You're hovering over
2: hard. your keyboard, right, and one in, one out. <laughs> <laughs> that,
1: that's what you're doing, isn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: But I, I think that the player that I'm most concerned for in this is, is Naby Keita, mm-hmm. who, when Liverpool didn't really look at it, and for, for a lot of reasons it's understandable because they'd pretty much won the league already, because is very in, unusual with their momentum having been broken by by the lockdown. They never really looked quite at it, did they? Mm. In the home straight of the Premier League. And he was one of the shining lights of, of that, really, I thought. And you saw a little bit of him thinking, yeah, he could be that player who gives them that something extra in midfield. He can mm-hmm. can play the last part. Now, there's, there's no reason, really, why you couldn't play Thiago and Naby Keita in the same midfield. Mm-hmm. Because you can put Thiago in that sort of deeper role he's got quite good organizational capabilities as as, as well. I would have thought it's quite unlikely that he plays number 10. Mm-hmm. But and of course he's not going to play all the games either because if if you look back over like his entire first team career he's played over 20 league games in his career twice. Thiago. Yeah. So he's, he's not going to be playing forty, fifty, sixty games this season. Fifty or sixty games sort of this mentioned season.
1: The demands of that Liverpool midfield as yeah. well, Fish. I mean, they, they have this built on industry, really. I know he he, he provides a little something, but in, in in the context of the match itself, you know, um, Liverpool weren't great against Leeds. Uh, very right. sloppy, but that can happen on the first day of the season. There's a lot of talk about Chelsea and their and their deals. You know, a little bit of chat. Bang. Will we see a uh, little bit of little bit of movement, a little bit of passing, bang, goal, that kind of thing? Who, who, who would you fancy for this one?
3: I, I think I fancy Liverpool for this one. Do, I think yeah. you know Chelsea. That three-one scoreline against Brighton flattened them, mm-hmm. and I think oh, Chelsea. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Can... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Liverpool will kind of snap themselves into into some kind of funk. I think getting that first game out of the way and, and emerging with that win mm-hmm. was quite important. Um, the, on the on the Thiago thing. Uh, He's one of those players that I've, I've only seen... I think I've only seen him once in person recently, uh, and that was the Bayern Munich-Chelsea game in the first leg mm-hmm. of their Champions League tie. But he's a player that you watch on TV, and he sees what you see. <laughs> you know, sometimes you, <laughs> know you, 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 you shout it's at your TV screen, and you see the passes and the angles that, you know, you appreciate eventually that yeah. they can't see because of, where they, of, of mm-hmm. their you know point of view. But he sees them, and mm-hmm. he plays them with such... I suppose he plays them perfectly, but he plays them quickly as well. He's Mm. someone in terms of something, he will see something and do something, Mm. and the gap between it is so small, and the the quality is more than not 100%. And I think while he might not necessarily have the physical industry to be as relentless as the rest of of some of his Liverpool teammates, I think his speed of thought and his his speed of execution will more than make up for that. And also, if you look at that midfield I would say, you know, passing is actually one of their weaker suits. Specifically someone like Jordan Henderson, who can probably do a lot of the running anyway Mm -hmm. for... Thiago. so yeah. I think he you fit in the well I'm probably seat.
1: yeah I'm probably doing well I suppose the idea of signing with Klopp a bit of a disservice because you know they've been so dominant Andy at times and, and they have a lot of to use that word again industry and so on and so forth that actually in, in some games I mean even if he does just play 20 games this season or something in those 20 games he might be exactly what they need yeah and, and, and also, and, and also think... you can use substitutions as well
2: yeah, <laughs> not as many think... as
1: Klopp wants but you can still use some.
2: I think Vich's point is right in that they've got the right players to protect him mm-hmm. in, in, in midfield as well I mean, I could see him clicking together very nicely with Henderson, who does all the running, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Fabinho, who does all the the, the, the tackling. I mean, it's and a the, dream the for him to walk
1: in there, yeah. to have those players doing that stuff.
2: Yeah, and I think when you look at the, the process that brought him to this decision, mm-hmm. um, I think he would have been quite happy to stay with Bayern in many ways. But Liverpool was just an opportunity mm-hmm. where I thought, the idea that he was going to go to... Like just any old English club, yeah. Just just to try it. No way. He wants to win stuff. His whole Course. career has been spent mm. winning stuff. And I think if you look at players of that age, mm-hmm. is there anyone under thirty who's won that many trophies well, at that say, point? Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't think there is. When you're looking at players who've mm. won more trophies than him, like mm-hmm. say Danny Alves, for example, mm-hmm. they're players who've who've, who've got to and beyond their, their, their mid-30s playing playing at the very highest level. And, you know, maybe that could be him. I think you look at it at 29 and you think, yeah, I need that little bit of extra impetus, that mm-hmm. extra challenge to take me on to the,
1: the next level. Absolutely. Right, gentlemen. Talking of the next level, it's now time for 4 to score. Oh, yes, yeah, time for Betway's 4 to score. Entry to Betway's 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. Now, uh, gentlemen, the first game um, is Arsenal versus West Ham kicks off at 8pm on Saturday. Jim Campbell has this to say about that. Hello, Jim here. Um, so I've got Arsenal versus West Ham for uh, but with four to score. Um, so it seems kind of obvious, uh, but I'm going to go for Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. He's just signed his new contract. Uh, he's the sort of sort of guy I think is going to is going to mark that with a goal. And uh, he's good, and he he's just he's really good. So um, yeah, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang to score first for Arsenal against West Ham at the Emirates for me. So that's what Jim sounds like when you interrupt his lying. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, game two, Andy. Uh, it's only Jim's gone for Pierre uh to to, um, to to state the obvious, but of course he would be silly to choose anyone else. You would think. Game two, Andy. You've got Newcastle versus Brighton Sunday at two o'clock. Who've you gone?
2: Well, we all went really obvious last week mm. and got naught out of four. So I've learned every lesson from that. As mm-hmm. Jim has, I've gone for Callum Wilson.
1: You've gone for Raúl Jimenez. <laughs> you've gone <laughs> for Callum Wilson. Okay, fair enough. Vish. Game three, Chelsea versus Liverpool, Sunday at four thirty PM. Have you gone obvious?
3: I, I suppose, in a way, I have gone obvious because Chelsea looks, you know, still looks pretty disorganised at the back. You haven't gone obvious. You've gone for a centre half. What? But I've gone for Virgil Van Dijk. Okay, I've picked literally the biggest centre half I could have picked. <laughs> um, and yeah, I reckon you know, from a corner, from a free kick out wide, getting yeah. in there, donk, in you go. Will he put Kepper
2: in the back of the net like happened to Melier yeah.
1: last weekend? More yeah. so than the ball, actually. Sort yes. of put Keppel in the net and the balls are sort of That was over. something
3: like, like something out of the Mighty Ducks, wasn't it? Love that.
1: <laughs> Good reference. I've got game four, Aston Villa versus Sheffield United, Monday at 6 pm. I've gone sort of fairly obvious uh, and in the spirit of Jim talking about new contracts and so on and so forth, I've gone for old Jackie Grealish because I don't know any other Aston Villa player and Sheffield United don't score a lot of goals.
2: I don't know anyone else who could get away with calling him Jackie but yeah. you are definitely that man.
1: <laughs> so there we are. Uh, Jim's gone for Aubameyang in the Arsenal-West Ham game and he's gone for Callum Wilson in Newcastle versus Brighton. Vish has gone for Virgil van Dijk at uh, Chelsea versus Liverpool and I've gone for Jackie Grealish for Aston Villa against Sheffield United. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. You've got to be over 18 and do gamble responsibly for more information on that head to be GambleAware.org, Right, gentlemen. It's time for me to host this. It's, it's one of wise game. is quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing
4: it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm in the chair, boys. I'm in the chair. It's Luke's game, everybody. We're still calling it Luke's game, despite me doing it. The hunted
2: has become the hunter.
1: correct mundo mm. Poacher-turned-gamekeeper, Marcus Speller.
2: You know, I think the desire for Luke to take part in this, now we know the game that can continue without him, despite (laughs) it being Luke's game, is going to reach Fever Pitch.
1: You'll have to take that up with you. Show
2: at (laughs) (laughs) footballramble.com.
1: Andy Brassel abusing his soft powers there. Um, This this feels a little bit like um, those
3: WWE... fights back in the 90s where the guest referee would often be a rival of someone taking part in the fight. Yeah, Because yeah. you two have gone out it hammer and tongs all the way through Luke's game. That's very kind of you to suggest now... hammer
1: and tongs. He beat me 4-1 last week. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> He's The Rock, I'm John Cena. Yeah, yeah, all like The Rock, Steve Austin, Triple H, mm. The Rock. Basically, Marcus, now you you have the power yeah. and I reckon you're going to try and screw over uh-huh. Andy Brassel. I, prefer... I hope you're
2: going to try and screw over Andy Brassel. Also, Vish has turned over, listeners onto a new page uh-huh. in his he notebook. Has. He has. Learning from Kate Mason there.
1: Yes. Oh, I taught Kate
3: Mason that. Oh, I'm, did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm claiming Right. Uh, so, uh, d- despite, w- for my own demise. Despite the fact
2: that you couldn't name three of Patrick Vieira's previous I know, I clubs, know. you're claiming the credit for Mason's wins. <laughs> 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 That's big talk, Rich. Really.
1: <laughs> big talk indeed. Oh, all, all right, here we go then. So, Luke's game. I'm going to name... Oh, and by the way, I've given it an extra little twist because it's me and not Luke. We're not doing players. We're doing managers today, baby. We are doing managers. Oh, Which cucks? Cl-
2: <laughs> so I spent five minutes on the phone yesterday trying to persuade you to make it NBA players and you didn't even take my thoughts Sod into
1: consideration. Off. So we're doing managers. You've <laughs> got to name the clubs that these managers have You're managed. I'm so
3: bad at this. Not, Why are you doing this to me? It's not, a Friday as well. It's we Friday, understand. yeah.
1: <laughs> da, 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 da. No, <laughs> countries aren't allowed. They're clubs, not countries. Here, mate. Oh, I see. <laughs> He's talking about you, Brassel. Um, I will never be described in such a way. Right? Okay, let us let us go. Vish, um, you're the challenger, I suppose. <laughs> you're the muggy little one here. So uh, we're gonna start. He's managed six clubs. Shitting hell! Nice and easy one for you. His brother Brendan, Brendan Rogers. Six clubs.
3: Brendan Rogers. <laughs> uh, I am gonna go. With,
1: yeah, I'm gonna start with five. Five, six. Andy's gone six. Okay, Andy.
3: I mean, I should have said, uh...
1: Go on, Andy. Who you got? Reading,
2: (laughs) Watford, (laughs) Celtic, (laughs) Leicester,
1: (laughs) Liverpool. One more. (laughs) Come on. Who is it?
2: Oh, no, this is really Come awful. Come on, Andy. My mind's Come gone on. blank.
4: Come on.
1: Come on. Come on. Come on, Andy. You've got to have an answer. Yeah, yeah my mind's gone blank. Come on, just get, say a club.
2: Uh, 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 Brighton and Albion. Oh! <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's 1-0 to Vish. Whoa. You forgot Swansea City. Oh,
2: no. <laughs> oh. How's that even possible? The
1: bigger they are, the harder they fall, ladies and gentlemen. 1-0 to Vish. He didn't think he would get that, but what he What is has. the equivalent of taking
3: it to the corner? What can I do? <laughs> can I leave? I leave? I'll leave. I'll just leave. Can I smash? I'll smash it up? I'll smash up the studio.
1: Andy, I've, I've got an easy one for you to start with as well. You'd be pleased to know, although I thought you might get that one. Okay. Andy. If it's not Andre Villis-Boas, it's a fix. It's not Andre Villis-Boas. It's Harry Redknapp. He's managed seven clubs. How um, many can you name? Okay.
2: <laughs> I really wish I had a pen at this moment. I'm going to have to use um, my notes. Be hey, careful. No, no, I mean I'm using digi- digitally written notes. People
1: are waiting for your answers here. Seven clubs. Get on with it. Oh, thank you very much. He's just been handed a pen. I don't know if that's... All has, right. he,
2: has he handed me a piece of paper, though?
1: Well, I... Mm, Steward's inquiry there.
2: I'd have to write it on the back of my hand, I? Oh, i crying out loud. Would you get on with it? Right.
1: Seven clubs. I'm
2: not going to be able to. Come on. Right, I'm going to go...
1: <laughs> I'll go five. Five. Vish, can you do better than five of Harry Redknapp's seven clubs? Come on.
3: Oh, I don't think I can. No? No, I think I'd be in a situation where I'd, get, I'd have a brassel mind blank.
1: All right, okay, Andy, name five clubs Harry Redknapp's managed. I've not
3: even thought of them yet. Andy, so... <laughs>
1: Andy, oh, there's the hold the ball in the corner. Andy, who have you got? Come on.
2: Bournemouth. Birmingham. <laughs> West Ham. <laughs> Tottenham. Southampton.
1: Bang, look at that one. Or you, you could have had Portsmouth, of course, and QPR as well.
2: Well in. I only left out Portsmouth out of spot to look.
1: <laughs> yeah, because they were beaten 4-0 by uh, Jules' Brighton and Hove Albion, as they're affectionately known on this show. Oh, they
2: were, yeah, yeah. Of course they were. Actually, Jules is probably responsible for me getting the first one wrong. That's why Brighton came
1: into my head. Quite possibly. Uh, Vish, we turn our attention to you now. He's managed 10 clubs. It's Carlo Ancelotti. Oh, oh yeah. Man. Don't live a little, live a lottie. Um, ten, ten clubs. Fucking hell. Gonna... <laughs> this is, I see how Luke enjoys this so much. This is my natural habitat. I'm in You're now. never going back now, no, are you? Oh, he's gonna have to wrestle it off me, which he, I'm sure he will do very easily.
3: Come I on. am gonna go
1: mm-hmm. ten clubs.
3: I'm oh. gonna go for
1: seven. Seven, Andy, can you better seven? Let me see. It's one all, it's nicely poised. Very nicely poised, and he's counting on the fingers, ladies and gentlemen, as I speak. Have you got seven? Are you going
2: to go eight? I've got. I've got. Is one s- all? Is I, it a bit of room? I've got seven, so I'm going to have to go eight. He's oh, going right. to go
1: eight. He's going to go eight. Okay, Andy, name eight. Palmer. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I for- forgive the delay there. <laughs> that must have been agony for you, and I apologise. It's all about the tension. Yeah, you got Palmer. That's yeah. what this game's yeah, yeah, about.
2: Yeah. Uh, Milan. Juventus, Napoli, Bayern,
1: Chelsea, that's six, Everton, that's seven, oh for God's sake, come on Andy, I can't take it anymore, <laughs> come on Andy, you'll, you'll kick yourself here, I am going to kick myself here, mm-hmm. aren't I? So, who have you got? You've got, got Parma, Juventus, Milan, Ch- Chelsea, Chelsea, Milan, um, Everton, you said. Yeah. I don't want to give him answers.
4: <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Come on,
1: Andy. Come on. Come on. Roma. Andy Russell, Roma player. The clubs he managed, Reggiana, Parma, Juventus, Milan, Chelsea, Paris Saint-Germain.
5: Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. How did you not get
1: that? Real Madrid, Bayern <laughs> Munich, Napoli and Everton. My goodness.
2: You know, he's the only person in those years at Paris Saint-Germain who made Zlatan speak French.
1: Yeah. And I forgot it. Yeah. Andy, you can redeem yourself. It's 2-1 to Vish. It <laughs> is 2-1 <two-one> to <laughs> Oh my God. Andy. He's managed 15 clubs. Yes. It's Roy the boy Hodgson. <laughs> he was the first name on the team sheet today for me on this game. I
2: bet he was. I bet he was.
1: Go on then. How right. many have you got? 15. Oh,
2: fuck. Not that many, actually. Oh,
1: no. there's some obscure ones in there. <laughs>
2: yeah, I bet
3: there are.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I am going to start with mm-hmm.
1: six. Six? It's a good bid good bid that,
3: uh, Vish. This is going to be the scrapiest. If I, if I somehow imagine this would be, f- we got Vish. The scrapiest wins. But Come on, I, I can't. I can't do.
1: All right, do it. Okay, Andy, you've got six clubs to to mention. Fulham, curry in favour with the host. Now nah, I like that. <laughs> well, it's correct, isn't you know? Liverpool. Yep. Chelsea.
2: <laughs> what did I? What Roy Hodson Chelsea. Oh, I meant to say Crystal Palace.
1: (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a terrible. An arrow from Andy Brassel. Vish has been let in. It's 3 1. It's an unassailable lead. Go on, give him the music. Oh, there it is.
4: The the Duchinahantaraja wins!
1: (laughs) Oh, dear. I was so confused there, Andy.
2: So am I I just you looked, Crystal Palace was in my head And I said Chelsea
1: uh, Who else would you have gone for You said Fulham Liverpool you, you, I say, Crystal Palace Yeah Who else did you have Inter Yeah You need two more For, for your six I mean you've got Don't worry Vish It's in the bag Don't worry about that Malmo Malmo West Bromwich Albion Yeah you would add your six
2: you would have had your sense. yeah, I would
1: have. Um, I won't bother going through all the clubs because there's some uh, strange ones in there. Um, let's see if you can get a bit of respectability on the scoreline. Um, Vish, the last one that I had managed four clubs, Mick McCarthy.
3: Only four clubs. Only four clubs. Wow, um, Nicholas McCarthy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> four clubs. How many do? Remember, you've, you've won it. Why not? You know, stick the boot in, eh? No, I, don't, I, don't,
3: I've, I know I've won it, but I don't want to expose myself as having been an undeserved winner. <laughs> um, Mick
1: McCarthy, I'm going to go... I mean, surely you've got something. Some I think I've got three. You've got three? I think so. Andy? yeah, I'm, I'm That ma- might be
3: a lie, actually. I'm, I'm, oh, no,
1: you've said three. I
2: may be missing one.
1: Yeah,
2: All right. I'll, I'll let Vish do his go thing. Go on,
1: then. A little bit, little bit of something for the fans here at oh, the yeah. end. Uh, Mick McCarthy, name, is th- name the three clubs. Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> Ipswich Town
3: someone else, yeah.
1: Um, don't matter. You've won. Don't worry about it. You know, just just have a speculative shot. Say so Brighton and Hove Albion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not meant to help you, but don't say that. <laughs> You're thirty yards out. Why not have a crack?
3: Um, I Tranmere overs. <laughs> City, maybe. Millwall and Sunderland. Now Sunderland, fuck.
1: (laughs) But don't worry.
2: Sunderland was the one I couldn't think of.
1: You won 3-2. What a game. What a game. Andy Brassel slipped on a banana skin and Vish pocketed the money. There's no money involved here, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You know
3: that speed skating final um, of the Olympics where there are four people ahead of Mm -hmm. the Australian bloke and they all collapse? Yeah. And he comes through, having not led at any point. Yeah that's how I feel right now and it doesn't feel that good does <laughs> it not no it feels it feels so undeserved that I can't take any satisfaction from this because I know, I'm just, know antaraja, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to get pelters when, when you hear the tune you've got to feel the satisfaction I was going to say you
1: have to feel the Pete's satisfaction put
2: a lot of love into that come on has, yeah yeah, a lot of yeah love.
1: right ladies and gentlemen before we go uh, do join Kate Mason and Jim Campbell for a brand new episode of The Book Club available this Sunday on Football Ramble Presents they'll be joined by Julie West Welsh Fleet Street's first ever female football reporter and author of The Fleet Street Girls. Well worth your time, that. Um, excellent. So thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, preview show sponsored by Betway. It's been an absolute pleasure, chap. Say goodbye, Andy Brassel. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Vish. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Enjoy your weekend.
0: This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network.